Welcome in Braves Today, bravestoday.com. It's all brought to you by Active Wealth Management. Go to annuity360.net. You get a free book there if you go there and put all your information in. He's Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. Ask and you shall receive. We told you guys we wanted you to give us names because you get to play GM just like we do. And since we have the microphones and you don't, we thought we would regurgitate <laughs> some of those names. And I'm going to give you three names, Lindsey, that keep coming up. And I like the names. I like the idea. I don't know how much investigation maybe some of our listeners got went into seeing who's doing what and where they are in their contracts and all that kind of stuff before okay. they threw these out. But they're great names. And okay. the three names are, and I'll let you decide what order you want to go in these. Bryce Miller from Seattle is, okay. is number one. Uh, number two is Tyler Glasnow, Tampa pitcher. Um, I can't remember if we faced him at, when we played Tampa or not. I think we did. I can't remember if we did or not. Um, and then uh, he looked real from it. Like I recognized the mullet whenever we were pulling up information on him. So I was like, I think we may have faced him. And then the other one, which is a neat name, because also has a mullet. Boy, we could be we could be full of hair if we get a lot of these guys. And uh, the other one is uh, Corbin Burns from Milwaukee. And those are all fine names. However, there are some issues that come with each and every one of them as far as being able to get them. Now, I will say before you go into in depth of which one you want to cover. Everybody wants to give up Grissom for one of these guys. So the See one on Vaughn. the chop, I will say, Vaughn, you are on the chopping block when it comes to our fans. I'm sorry, but you're the one name that keeps coming up. They're like, give them Grissom and bring this pitcher in. And it's just, it's just not that easy though. Yeah. So uh, on the Vaughn note, we wrote this up uh, just recently on the site about Vaughn Grissom's never going to have a higher trade value than he does right now. Right. Atlanta deliberately kept him in the infield, in the minors all year. He had a good offensive year in Gwinnett. He's shown at the major league level he doesn't look overwhelmed, but defensively, we know he's probably not going to be a shortstop at the major league level. Uh, going forward, if you want him into your lineup in Atlanta, you have to move his position. You probably have to move him off the dirt, and that makes him less valuable. So right now is the pinnacle of his trade value, and you either convert him to a left fielder and put him out there with Rosario or you trade him. So that makes sense. Let's let's go with Glasnow first, because okay. I do remember he did face Atlanta. It was a two one Braves victory. So he took a hard luck loss here. He went <laughs> he went five and two thirds innings with two hits and one earned run allowed and got a loss. One walk, eight strikeouts. He gave up a home run. That was the margin on a 2-1 victory by Atlanta. Wow. So he the tough luck loss here. But I wrote this up a couple weeks ago. I think of the three names, this one's the most likely to happen simply because of the money, right? So yeah. his salary in 2023 was five, like $5.35 million or so. He was going into his final year of arbitration. He was coming off of an injury. So they signed him to a two-year deal that had a much higher figure in 2024, in this case, $25 million. Mm. And so the thought process behind them trading Tyler Glasnow, who had a good, I mean, he went 10 and seven with a three, five ERA and 162 strikeouts in 20 innings. It, uh, it would have been the second highest strikeout rate of any pitcher on Atlanta's roster behind Spencer Strider. It would have also been the second best walk rate on Atlanta's mm -hmm. roster again behind Spencer Strider. So it was a really good year, but that money is why they would think about trading him. They, uh, 
it's something where he's got so much, uh, he has such a large percentage of their payroll that they either have to get rid of a bunch of guys or they got to trade him. Yeah. Um, there's some risks here. He he just returned from Tommy John surgery. He had like an mm-hmm. oblique issue, a back issue later in the year. So you're betting on him staying healthy for a second straight year. Uh, it's a $5 million upgrade over what you would be paying Charlie Morton, um, which that's kind of where the uh, where the market is now. So $25 million is not going to be ridiculous for a guy that can start a playoff game. The big question is, is he going to be healthy? Uh, and then the compensation... That's also where you have a little bit of an issue because Tampa Bay is full of young position player prospects in the outfield, in the infield. Von Grissom's not a super attractive trade ship to them. They have guys who can do everything he does and better. Like Curtis Mead is Von Grissom, but with more right. major league experience, uh, more power. And so you're going to have to give up a pitcher, uh, probably a young one, probably somebody who's not on the 40 man roster unless you give them an MLB ready guy like a Jared Schuster or whatever. And so financially, it's a little bit more than you're paying Morton. The trade compensation, uh, you're not going to get a ton out of Grissom in that deal simply because they don't value his type of profile. They've got plenty of guys like that already. And Oslavis Basabe, Curtis Mead, all those kind of guys. So I like the fit of Glasnow in Atlanta on a one-year deal or finishing up his one-year deal, see if you can make it work, provided he's healthy. But I, I, I'm i curious to see what you'd have to give up to make it happen. You said the word health. This is what sticks out in my mind. This yeah. past year, he did have 21 games that he pitched in. Mm-hmm. He has had less than 15 games he pitched in every other year except 2018, where he pitched in 34 games. And he also had a 4.34 ERA in 2018. Every other And, and most years, single digits because of stuff that has hindered him. Two yeah. games in 2022, seven games in 2016. You know, then you're talking about 11 games in 2020, 11 in 2018. Like, he clearly is not putting forth a full year for you, except for 2018 and this past year. So that's and a he, concern in my mind when it comes to signing a guy like this for that kind of money, because even the 40-year-old Morton's given us more games than that. Yeah, like he has to be healthy for this, for that, that $25 million to make sense. Right. Uh, and even this most recent year, yes, he started 21 games. He only pitched 120 innings. And like, we just saw Atlanta deal with that, with having so many pitchers that missed time. And so, I mean, he has in eight years of major league service time, he has a grand total of 530 innings, which Hmm. spoiler alert, that is, that is an average of, I mean, not a lot (laughs) per season that doesn't necessarily help you like having twenty five million dollars on the sidelines does not help you if you're Atlanta. Uh, The goal here. Yeah, the goal here is to have good pitching for the postseason, and he doesn't do that if he's hurt. So like, what do you it's a big risk right now? If it works, it's going to really work. He's going to be a really good pitcher. It has to work, though. And that's the question is, is it going to work? And with the history of. Listen, fans that are that are that are listening to this, you you have complained all year about the injured pitchers that Atlanta had and and the things that they had to deal with this past year, and yet this is a name that we, that you throw out. Great yeah. talent, however, this is a guy that could fall right into that category mm-hmm. of being in and out all season long. Nothing against him. I mean, a lot of the yeah. things he probably can't help. I mean, the Tommy John thing that he had to have. I mean, he's had some other issues. So back uh, oblique, yeah, bad oblique. So. 
Lasno is a great name. Appreciate you guys thinking of that one. Um, another one. Uh, do you want to go Miller or Burns next? Uh, one of the other ones that they that they talked about. Burns is probably going to be quick. I I mean, who would not want Corbin Burns on their team, right? Oh my I, mean, it, I mean, it's three time three time All Star Cy Young winner in twenty twenty one. Last year was a down year, and he pitched 193 innings with a 3.39 ERA, and that was a bad year. That was his worst year the last four years. Uh, Because Brandon Woodruff, who is also going into his final year of control in Milwaukee, because he is out for all of next year, Mm -hmm. it is a lot less likely now that Milwaukee will also trade Corbin Burns and not have either of those guys for 2024 unless they decide to just punt on the season altogether. And as a team that just made the postseason and went to the went to the playoffs, yep. it doesn't feel like they're in a position where they're just going to punt on the on the upcoming year. So I mean, yes, he is theoretically available. There's going to be teams calling in and asking about him. I do think it would be tough to beat the Dodgers to get him simply because the Dodgers have one of the best farm systems in baseball and an obvious need in the rotation to add a guy like that. Um, Now, that being said, obviously anything could happen. Atlanta has a history of doing multiple trades with Milwaukee before they got William Contreras in the, uh, in the Sean Murphy deal. You got Orlando Arcia from them uh, back in the day. You've made multiple trades with them, but it feels like if you are going to make a trade, uh, the, the Dodgers are the favorite. And then two, if you do trade for him, you have him for one year of control and then he goes to free agency. And so you've run the risk of you've built your rotation around Freed and Corbin Burns in 2024. And then you could lose two of them in free agency and you have Spencer Strider and you're in the same boat one year later, but you also traded away significant assets out of your farm system to make it happen. So I'm less I'm less expecting them to actually trade him simply because of their situation and their loss of pitching. But even if they do, I just don't know if Atlanta can beat the Dodgers for an appealing package for him. It's going to be tough. I mean, with what the Dodgers have in there, and not to mention the Southern California weather, uh, the Dodgers are known success, and they have. He's from California. He that's right. He's also from California. That's as much as we talk about guys that want to move back to the Southeast to play for Atlanta. Those same guys that are from California that played at Cal State Fullerton, that played at Cal, that played at US, those guys want to go back out and play back in LA as well. So that's that's one thing. That's the same strike that we've been using on other players. We're like, hey, bring him home, bring him back to Southeast. Well, saw it happen with Freddie Freeman. Take him back to California because he's a California kid. It's all brought to you by Active Wealth Management. Go to annuity360.net for your free book. Make sure you tell Ford We Said Hello. You can find out more about Active Wealth by going to their website, activewealth.com. You don't want to catch, or if you want to catch up on Ford's financial radio shows, you go to activewealthshow.com. You don't want to miss out on the valuable insights that Ford provides. They have multiple offices in Alpharetta, Cartersville, Kennesaw, Midtown, as well as their new headquarters off Exit 12 in Georgia 400, close to home. Tell Ford we said hello. And for that free book, that website is annuity360.net, as you see on your screen. So, Lindsay, we, uh, the last guy that we're talking about as far as one of the pipe dreams and still a great name out there, and that's Seattle's Bryce Miller, which is kind of odd because Seattle's just one of those teams until the playoffs roll around. Nobody really pays attention to them. Okay, so so I mean this with all due respect to fans who want a land of the trade for Bryce Miller. I need somebody to explain to me why Seattle would be willing to trade Bryce Miller. I understand the argument of 
they need a second baseman. They went out at the trade deadline and got a warm body in Josh Rojas to play second mm-hmm. base. They went out and got a just outside the top 100 prospect in Ryan Bliss, who's in AAA and right now in the Arizona Fall League, who made the Future Stars game at second base mm-hmm. in, to, to come into their farm system. And they've got multiple guys who have played second base before, like Dylan Moore and Sam Haggerty. So I understand you see a hole on their major league roster and it makes sense to say, well, we have a second baseman of Von Grissom we can give you. But this is a small market team by their own admission. Mm-hmm. And the point of having a good farm system is to find cheap, you know, uh, underpaid players to take meaningful roles. And their rotation is like 31-year-old Luis Castillo, who they traded for and extended. And then it's 26-year-old Logan Gilbert, 25-year-old George Kirby, 25-year-old Bryce Miller. And then behind them in the farm system, you have Brian Wu, you have Taylor Dollard, you have Emerson Hancock, who, by the way, if we're talking about players to trade for, he's the one that went to UGA. Why would you not go get that guy? Uh, That's a good point. I just don't understand why fans just assume that you can get a young, controllable starter who has five more years of incredibly cheap team control from a small market team. Now, if he was hitting arbitration and he was expected to cost 12 million bucks next year, it would make a little more sense to be like, okay, Atlanta's going to go and offer them a young asset to get the expensive guy off the roster. He's going to make under a million dollars next year and under a million dollars the year after. That's not the type of player a team is excited about trading away, especially a team that came very close to making the postseason and just barely missed it. Mm -hmm. Like that's not the type of player they move unless they're getting a ridiculously stupid package. And we've all talked about, we don't want to trade AJ Smith-Shaver. We don't want to trade Hurston Waldrop. That's the equivalent of this for them. Right. Trade, trade. Like if you look at AJ Smith-Shaver's stats, he, they're pretty equivalent as far as ERA and things like that to what yep. Brian Wu did. So what you're saying is, give us your AJ Smith Shaver. We'll give you this extra second baseman that we're not using. Mm. It doesn't make sense to me. And I, I understand the idea of, yes, let's go get that young controllable starter. That's not how this works. There's no incentive on their part to do that. Now, if you were offering them Aussie Albies, there's a possibility that they would say, for that type of upgrade, we would give you this young controllable starter. Right. But you're not getting rid of your extra infielder that you're not using to get five years of team control of a cheap quality number three, four starter. It just it doesn't make sense on their perspective to do that. No, it doesn't. And it honestly, if you look at it from Atlanta's perspective, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And the one reason being is because he's only got the one year under his belt. Now, he had a great year. I mean, 119 strikeouts. I mean, ERA a little over four, but still... Uh, something that he he could get worse. He could get some bad habits. He could he could get worse, not better. Now he's strong, but do you want? Because you just said it. If, let's just let's just pay, play probables here. If if you trade for him, you're going to have to for a guy that's making less than a million dollars. They're going to want Grissom. They're going to want Smith Shaver, and they're probably going to want another pitcher of some sort from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They're going to want two pitchers to replace him and that second baseman that you're talking about. And who knows if they'll even keep Grissom. They may use him and his hot commodity to do something else with him. I don't know. Um, so it 
it is as hot as the name seems, it's just not one that you probably need to take a huge chance on because you're going to have to, no pun intended, give away the farm in order to get him. <laughs> and you're talking about a guy that's making less than a million bucks. So do you want to do that right away? It, it, the whole thing here is, yeah, from their perspective, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And, and so like availability of a guy in trade is a big deal too. It's not just can you match up your farm system to their needs, it's availability. Now, if you were going and offering to take a difference, like Marco Gonzalez, they've got these bunch of the, all these young pitchers, they need to do something with Marco Gonzalez, maybe they would make that deal and they would give you their number five starter for Vaughn Grissom. It just doesn't make sense for them to make that deal. Jerry DePoto would get run out of town. He already got ran out of town yes. because they didn't, like they didn't do more. And then to then trade away one of these young pitchers when he said, we didn't want to give up one of these young pitchers to go get a bigger name at the deadline. It just doesn't track. It doesn't make sense. And we saw from Atlanta this year, like you can never have enough starting pitching, enough quality starting pitching. Yes. So there's just, there's no incentive for them to do this unless again, they're getting an Aussie Albies versus getting a Von Grissom. We talked about Freed. Tune in next pod. We'll talk a little bit more about Freed, and we'll tell you why. That's going to be coming up. This one's been brought to you by Active Wealth Management. Go to annuity360.net for your free book. I'm Ben Taylor. He's Lindsey Crosby. Lindsey, as always, thank you, sir. Thanks, buddy.